0: Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton.
2: It is Wednesday, January twenty fourth, two thousand twenty four, season nineteen, episode number one oh nine. Welcome to the latest edition of the Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios. At the start, it's the off season, and so we freestyle here in the off season. We got a lot of different topics to <laughs> we'll hit today. Uh, there will actually be a segment where Brian has a question for us. It is a tightly kept secret of what that question is. So stick around for that. Who knows where we're going to go in that segment. Uh, we'll also get to a little bit of NFL Championship Weekend talk at the end of the show. We'll get these guys to pick their winners, who they think is going to go to the Super Bowl out of this weekend's games. But let's start first with the news that came out last week when we, uh, we'd already done our show. and haven't had a chance to talk much about it. I think most of us <coughs> probably assumed that Mike McCarthy would be retained, and he was. Uh, my first question is a big, 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 picture, bleh, big picture question. What do you think uh, or what do you uh, like about this decision to keep Mike McCarthy? I like that they found
3: uh, an opportunity to split the difference as far as the decision, because what I talked about going into the decision was that there was a lot of a lot of past evidence as to why they should retain McCarthy when you talk about the regular season season success. But when you look at the, the monumental collapse against the Packers, obviously there's reason to want to part ways with him. So instead what they did was say, you know what, we're going to let you remain, but we're not going to extend your contract, right? We're going to push you into a prove-it year, not un, not un, dissimilar to what they do with a player, and say if you want this extension, go out there and earn it next year. So I like that setup because it provides that added motivation for McCarthy to get the job done, because there is no uh, 2025 if things don't go well in
4: 2024. I like the continuity. You know, I think just from a scouting perspective, um. Would I have liked to have seen change? Sure, but the way you frame the question, I think the thing that you have to look at is the continuity of it. Um, When you look at, it's difficult for scouts to be on the road all year and be evaluating players, and then have to turn around and have a coaching change and deal with that. And then your roster looks remarkably different. All the work that they did, maybe some players they didn't particularly like because they didn't fit. Now they fit because of a coaching change there's so much just that uncertainty there uh with that but uh the thing that helps you the most is you know the head coach is going to be here now you got to see if your defensive coordinator is going to be here in likelihood uh we're running out of chairs uh i think for the, the the defensive coordinator to get a job so um probably have everybody back and that's the continuity that you look for when you're building your team
5: yeah i think um I like well not I think I do like the decision but I'm interested to see what it looks like for another year as him with him as the play caller. We saw some really great things this season, especially after that 49ers game, we saw how the offense changed and the new scheme was better fitted for Dak Prescott as a quarterback. So there were some good things, some really bad things too, <laughs> some questionable decisions towards the end of games, but I'm just, you know, one year left in the contract. Let's just play it out and see. Uh, hopefully, it goes well and for the better. But I think there, there, there are a lot of positive things that he was able to do. So I would like to see just a full season of. And again, you're gonna have elements that are gonna change and different players and talent on the field. But we'll see. And I don't, I don't think Dak is going anywhere either. So curious to see just them two working together. Again for another year under this new scheme.
4: I'm going to be really interested to see if they let this contract run for Dak. That's what I'm. I'm, That's my next thing looking at. Now your coaching situation is kind of put to bed. uh, I wonder if they're going to let this thing ride and say, you know what, we'll take the massive cap and go for it and see what happens. You know, and make a decision uh, there. I I know there are people that talk about the potentially of extensions and things like that, uh, but I. I just wonder. There's a side of me that just is like, okay, what's the one thing that uh, could could really change how this off was would be would go? And I, I would think that, that not extending Dak would be one of those things. You know, just you know, you you take the cap hit and you play, and you know, like you said, you prove it. You prove that you deserve another contract. You know that's that's where I, I'm at. I know people talk about cap space and business and all that. This is a really good roster. It really, really is. But uh, you know, like I say, the, the the option of maybe making your quarterback pay for his next play for his next contract, I think is something that that might be inviting to me. If you're gonna if you're gonna cl- if if all of a sudden you clear the decks after next season, say it doesn't work out. Then you do have a a clean way of doing it. You move on from your coach, you move on from your quarterback, you know. But make both of those guys have to go and and earn that contract.
3: And, and what I'll say to that point as far as salary cap management, uh, I, I we all expect that Dak Prescott will be in the Cowboys uniform in in twenty twenty four. So we're talking about beyond. It's possible that he gets an extension, but. What a lot of fans need to understand is that as far as maneuvering or massaging the salary cap, an extension isn't necessary to maneuver or massage the salary cap. So if it remains as is, no changes whatsoever, no extensions, then, yeah, you're going to get blasted with almost $60 million in the cap hit. But if they restructure it, which does not require negotiation whatsoever, that's just a a switch that they flip in the contract, that turns it to a savings of $21 million roughly toward the cap. Now, of course, that parks money into the voided years, and that's something you deal with down the road but it's something you deal with down the road. So just kind of a housekeeping note for those that are wondering if they don't extend deck because I see a lot of it on Twitter they're saying well if you don't extend deck you got to eat the 60 million well not necessarily. Yeah. You got some options.
2: Let's uh, let's put a pin in that one cuz I actually have next week I want us to spend the entire show talking about Dak and what he means is franchise, and what should happen this sure. year, and what we think can happen in the future, and Trey Lance. And there's there's so many different yeah. offshoots of that decision. I want to take a whole show on that. So we'll put a pin in that one. Okay, Let's go back to the coach, though, and, and, and McCarthy. And let's go to the flip side of that. We talked about the good side of making this decision. What's the part that troubles you? If there is a part that troubles you about that decision, what is that
4: part? He identified that they don't run the ball well enough. And in the beginning of the year, that was something that was a big uh, talking point by the the staff, by him as we went into the season is, you know, one of the reasons they moved on from Kellen Moore that we kind of got was that we need to run the ball better. And they did not run the ball better. Matter of fact, I think they got worse. And so to me, this is where now I'm going to look at Mike McCarthy and I'm going to try and take you at your word. You know, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here. You know, you came out, you said that you needed to run the ball better. You did not get better running the football. So you need to figure that out right now. Whether it's personnel, whether it's your play calling, uh, you know whatever it is, you need to figure it out. You cannot be a one-dimensional team, and we saw what happened there with that. You know, you just did not do a good enough job doing that. So to me, that's a big problem right there. You you identify something. You identified that turnovers were a problem. You fixed that. That's a great job. A lot of it had to do with Dak. The receivers did a much better job with that area. But if you're telling me that you you identify you need to run the ball better and be better at it and you don't, I'm going to put you on notice.
3: I think the part that troubles me is um, trying to wrap my head around the intangibles of why the season failed. Um, I mean, we could talk about the science as far as the tangibles are concerned. Um, and But at least seeing the tangibles gives you bullseyes to hit. You can say, OK, fix this, fix this, fix this. But the intangibles go to the mentality. So, for example, you being the most penalized team in the league. That's a mental thing because that goes to self-discipline on an individual level, and then when it's a massive amount like that, now you're talking coaching. When you talk about the meltdown that happened against the Green Bay Packers, that was was a mental meltdown. It just felt like the Cowboys were ill-prepared when they walked onto the field uh, against the Packers. And that's disturbing for me. So as much as I can see and justify the decision to keep McCarthy around, when I start looking at the the mindset of going into a big game and, and floundering in the fashion in which they did, that's concerning for me because that's not as easy to attack as it would be saying, hey, you, you keep getting false start penalties. Let's work on that. When you talk about the the mental aspect of it from a team, from a player standpoint, that becomes much more challenging. So I'm interested to see how McCarthy directly attacks that going into uh, year five, the final year of his contract, because if if this team doesn't get that mental fortitude for playoff games like they have for regular season games, we'll be back here having the same conversation a year from now.
5: Yeah, I think to me, the bad is um, one... Showing up, having, not showing, I I will say not showing up in games where you're playing really, really talented opponents. I think there were so many great games throughout the season, especially at home, but when you faced certain types of opponents, they just, they, they weren't up to the standards, let's say, the competitiveness, and I think that kind of attributes to the running game, had you be able to run the ball, I think you played a lot better with um, a balanced offense. But also the way the defense was starting to trend downwards. You know, they started the the season in a very high no and it started kinda just doing the what injuries, they could because of the injuries. The injuries yeah. Were
4: too much. They were just
5: trying to hold yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and the whole away games, that's hard to figure out really. We don't have an answer. We it, it just we don't know. But so the one thing that's left that I would point out, the penalties. I mean, we've talked about this forever. It's been since the so, time he got here. Like, this is not just a one last year thing. It wasn't the year before. It's been since he got here. We've been talking about penalties. Yeah. And I feel like nobody gets this spanking. And I don't condone. <laughs> I don't condone violence. I don't. I don't promote violence, I don't promote spanking, <laughs> but I'm just using the term because we just see it happen uh, over and over and over and again. And there are no consequences. And there are no consequences. There oh. there's nothing that shows you that they're improving or trying to because it just const- constantly continues to happen. So and I put that all well Sure, player execution and all that, but when so many different guys exactly. are doing it, I put it. Thing. I put it on the head coach.
2: Yeah, yeah. let's. Uh, when you t- think about the the situation that now McCarthy is faced with, um, I've heard how it can help, and I've heard how it can hurt going into a final year of a coach's contract without an extension. You got the one side where it's like, okay, prove it. So you want to see him actually prove it to get his next deal, and I like that. I like that. There's there's that that carrot out there. The part that that I've heard people talk about that's a big of a, a bigger challenge is how do you maintain the authority uh, or the respect for your authority in the locker room when players know you're only there potentially for one year and if things don't go well you won't be there going into the next year. Which do you guys fall? Do you think it's more of a help or a hindrance that your coach goes into a final year with no clear decision necessarily on what his future is? I think it goes
3: to the culture of the locker room and the relationship between the players and the coach. So if it's a situation where you have a fractured locker room uh, and the players are not completely bought into that particular coach, but that coach is getting one more chance, then you can kind of lean toward that being like a lame duck type of season where what you're talking about, players are like, I don't have to listen to you. You're not going to be here next next week, next year, uh, I should say. But when it comes to the relationships that we know for a fact Mike has with Dak, CD, uh, everybody on the offensive side, guys on the defensive side of the ball who've come out celebrated um, his retention as well the that gives the culture that lends to the belief that these guys don't want to see McCarthy out of the building after 2024 so that lends me to believe that they're going to give as much as possible to try to make sure that the head coach that they love so much actually gets the extension so that's one part of it the other part of it is from a player aspect you might not be here next right. year, right? So you don't have the luxury of looking <laughs> at this coach and saying, oh, I don't have to listen to you because you might not be here next year, nor would you if you don't put everything you need to put on film. You might be in another uniform or worse, you might be out of the league entirely, which is sadly the case for some of these guys. Not just these guys but guys around the league because it's it's not for long league. So from those two capacities, but especially the cultural standpoint, I think that this locker room is so bought in with McCarthy that they would not disrespect him by looking him in the face and saying uh we don't care about what you're talking about i think it's the opposite i think they look at him and say we dropped the ball against the packers we dropped the ball against the 49ers we need to go out here and do this yeah play
4: better how about play better if you care so much about your coach play better 100 play better on the road play better when you have you know Play better, stop the not, penalties. Stop the penalties. Yeah, 100%. You know, stop, you know, if you want Mike McCarthy to still be here and get an extension, you need to figure out how to play better as well. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go let each other down. You don't need to bust coverages. You don't need to miss tackles. You don't need to miss blocks. You know, you don't need to drop the ball. Preach. Play better. You know, if that if that means that much to you, you know, these, all these coaches, oh, I, lo- I mean, these players, oh, I love the coach. I'm glad the coach is here, you know. You know, again, it's about feeling comfortable sometimes, you know. Uh, players get a little comfortable with the situation you know mike does a good job of managing the team the health of the team all that but you know what you're now your 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 coach is in a situation where it ain't about the regular season anymore yeah. you go out there and fold in the playoffs again it's like over. patrick said it's you all are going to be looking for jobs yeah. yeah
5: yeah um i agree with that and i don't think mike has lost the locker room i mean we've seen players come out on twitter or x and and just kind of show their happiness of him staying on the team and all of that but also um as a whole the reason why i would think like no one just kind of dismisses him as a head coach would be because right now you you're the joke around the nfl like i don't think I don't I'm not calling them the joke but you just everywhere you turn when you turn on a sports programming they're, or whatever the every show right everything online everyone just makes fun of you everyone laughs everyone's constantly messaging me laughing at me hmm. too so it's just I think you have become a joke and as a player as a competitor I think there is that pride you know you want to show that you can actually get to where you need to get and that you can actually compete and, and, shut everybody up. So I think that the the drive is still going to be there.
3: And I do really quickly. I would say in in contrast to what we're talking about talk about culture for example. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles in this same aspect. You saw how fractured that locker room was especially on the back end of the season when they were going through that slide and it appears that they're going to keep Sirianni because they're swapping out coordinators now and the head coach is still there. You've not seen reports, um quotes, tweets or anything of that nature from Eagles players that are celebrating the fact that Sirianni would return, and I think at this point it's safe to say that this might be a proven season for Sirianni as well. So those are two different contrasts, is what I mean. You see this visibly with Cowboys uh, players supporting and being thankful McCarthy is back versus a fractured locker room like in Philadelphia.
2: Well, I will say this: I, I saw several of the the Eagles players after that game talking to media, and media were asking about Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox was the main mm-hmm. one, and they were like, is "This is stupid. Back? Like, this is our guy. Like, yeah. this is our coach. He." Yeah. our coach. He's, he should be here. So I, I think, there's, I think the, he has support in that locker room as well. Did A.J. Now, speak? Second. again? What did A.J. say? Well, yeah. again, <laughs> that's also but, – but you also – and I, I think we'll talk about this a little later. Like, not every Cowboys player had something to say about this. And that's. I, I think we can assume that everybody's in a family
5: agreement. member? Yeah, all
2: right. We'll stop that. But I'm just saying, like, saying, was, like I don't right, think you can just assume because they didn't say something that they have a different or the same opinion. I just think it is what it is. And I think both – by and large, I think both those locker rooms support their coach. And by the way, I think most NFL teams, the locker room supports their coach until they don't. I saw this team loving on Wade Phillips until they didn't. <laughs> and, and and by the way, they probably yeah. still loved him. They just weren't producing. Right. And at some point, they're no longer producing. What he's giving them is not enough fuel to get them to perform at the level they need to. And they can still love him. But at some point, he's got to go. So I don't know if that even really matters as much, in my opinion, when it comes down to how the players perceive the coach relative to necessarily how they're going to perform. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to ask you guys like the million-dollar question about this. How convinced are you that Mike McCarthy is moving his team in the right direction? When it's all said and done, they're moving in the right direction. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it
1: would be secure to jog in the Cheetah Savannah.
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
2: Back to the break.
4: Enjoy the excellent dining, boutique, shopping, and exciting events at the Star District in Frisco, featuring dozens of North Texas best restaurants and shops, plus a calendar full of family Friendly events. There's always something to shop, dine, and do in the Star District. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from SWBC
2: Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about Mike McCarthy. And the big question uh, that I'd like to hear you you guys answer is how much faith do you have that Mike is actually moving this thing in the right direction? Because as much as you can talk about postseason and what games they've lost, Fact is, they are 12-5 and for three straight years and have been in the playoffs three straight years and have won the division two out of those three years. How convinced are you that he's moving them in the right direction?
3: That's that's a tough one. Uh, You asked me this question before the Packers game. I'm like, yep, he's moving them in the right direction. Absolutely. And then you run 200 miles per hour into a brick wall, and you're like... Whew, this is rough um I feel like based upon everything that's occurred prior to the Green Bay Packers game Mike McCarthy is moving the franchise in the right direction 36 wins over the past three seasons you didn't see that with Garrett or his predecessors okay that's an absolute fact um but there's this massive hump that needs to be gotten over in the postseason and based on what happened in this postseason, I don't know that that's trending in the right direction because literally it's not. You went from wild card to divisional and then you lose in the wild card. You literally took a step back and in, you know, spectacularly poor fashion as well. So regular season, yes, Cowboys are, are definitely on the right track. Postseason, they took a massive step back. And that's why I think the Cowboys did the right, made the right move to split the difference and say, OK, we'll we'll give you one more shot at this, but we're not going to extend it. you got to prove it in twenty four.
4: You know, showed versus the seventh seed in the NFL, in the NFC That's playoffs. Rough, you know, showed That's rough. And, uh, you know, 12 wins every year, beautiful. Winning division, beautiful. Appreciate that. You're measured on playoff wins. You're measured on championships. And he has failed in both categories to this point. Not saying he can't uh, – he can get you to the playoffs, but the concern I have of going in the right direction – is not related to it's the playoffs that bothers me, because we've seen them lose a variety of ways, and sometimes you didn't have the good enough personnel. Other times, as, and Patrick, you said this, you don't show up. Mm-hmm. You just didn't show up. You didn't play. You were a better team than the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers had to fight their way to get into this thing, and you you had everything in your path in front of you, going the right direction with the home games, potentially two home playoff games who knows San Francisco could have gotten beat and then you would have you know maybe had 3 but you had the path and you did not take advantage of that that bothers me a lot
5: yeah i mean i don't i don't have an answer cuz i was for sure convinced that it was going to happen this last year and at least that wild card game i thought that we were going to win for sure there was no doubt in my mind at all and it didn't happen so i don't have the answer for you i mean i think He can still take the team to the playoffs. But what really sucks is that we're going to go through a season where even good games, it won't matter. Because the question will still be can they win in January. the playoffs? Even so we're going to have to
2: go through all last that. Yeah, that. By the way, the same that, was, thing. that was the way it was this year too, yeah. to some degree. I yeah. think there are a lot of people that no matter what was happening this year, they were still like But now they still that gets don't amplified feel good about the yeah. because yeah. of what
3: happened yeah. uh, against yeah. the Packers. It's And like, like you said, Troy Aikman made a, a great point. Yeah. He said when you have to play a season like that, which is the one coming up, quote unquote, it makes for a long year. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it does because it doesn't matter how high your highs are uh, over the course of the next regular season. Does Let's say you go in and you beat a top contender and you blow them blow the doors off of them on their field yeah you can enjoy the high in the moment but there's that thing that's yeah. hovering it's like okay but January but January but January so yeah, yeah. it's going to make for a long season an un- long unpleasant one you enjoy the ride while it's happening but that boogeyman in January is still waiting for you.
2: You know as I've thought about this over the last uh, week or so I've come to a conclusion I want to get y'all's opinion on whether you think this is stupid or not but I'm starting to wonder if the weight of the the Cowboys star is too much, and what I mean by that is, we I've heard McCarthy talk about how this is the first time he's ever seen this in his years in the NFL, where there is so much chatter about the team, especially when things go wrong. When you talk about fans, when you talk about media, uh, the the level of of talk and the level of just negativity is so great, I'm starting to wonder if, and again, I I know players will say they don't listen to the noise, all that stuff. I don't believe that because I think even if they try to avoid it, just like all of us, you still got family members, you Mm -hmm. got friends that are still in your ear talking about, well, they heard this over here or they heard this over here or what's going on over here. That all being said, do you think it's gotten to a point where really it is getting over the hump is no longer about X's and O's. Getting over the hump is mental. Because it's going to require them to not freeze up when they get into a situation. I really believe you get in that that Packers game, Packers take the ball, go down, score, and then things don't go well and they score again. I personally believe there are probably a lot of guys on that sideline that in the back of their mind start thinking, I don't wanna have to go through this. Like this is this is not gonna be good. And you start getting tight and you start wondering how this is gonna work. And I just think the, the weight of all of that the weight of everything involved with it may be too much.
3: But see, it, it, if that if that is in fact the case for several of these guys, that goes back to my, my initial concern and fear, which is the, the mental fortitude. Um, because if that's the case, then what is the answer other than to make sure that you have the players in the building that have the mental fortitude to be able to carry the weight
2: of the star? Okay, I understand that. But is there a point where the weight is so heavy that there aren't a lot of people out there that are capable of doing that?
3: I wouldn't say so, because there's always going to be somebody capable of carrying what the, this particular person is incapable of carrying. It's about finding that person, those persons, and or looking at the person that's in front of you trying to figure out why are you unable to carry it? Is there anything we can do to try to help you carry it? Let's, let's be clear in that the weight of the star is heavier than any other logo in the NFL arguably any other logo in sports, Um, especially when you're talking about, you know, you have a very visible owner and general manager and you have the pressure to perform when you're constantly being weighed up against the greatness that preceded you and the length of time in which it preceded you. We're talking about the 90s. You haven't had, you know, that type of dominance in, in almost 30 years. So, yes, it's a ton of pressure, but the organization is putting belief in you and money in your pocket to go out there and have the mental fortitude to get the job done. They're putting the pieces around you. They're bringing in a Super Bowl-winning coach from another legacy organization like the Green Bay Packers, and then he's putting guys around you, coaches around you, talented guys like Al Harris, for example, position guys who can help make you better. So then when it comes to the biggest moments, the postseason, if you're not mentally strong enough for that, then the issue becomes much deeper And there's no quick fix for it Mm -hmm. because the only fix is turnover, right? But the more you turn over and try to find the guys who are prepared to do it, 28 years becomes
2: 35 years, Uh, becomes 40
3: years.
4: That's
2: the exact point that I'm making here.
4: Go ahead, Brian. I feel like there were guys on the market and coaching this year that could, that still are on the market that know what pressure is and know how to handle the pressure. When you're starting to talk about the Bill Belichicks and the Jim Harbaugh's and people like that, those are guys to me that know how to handle pressure. They know how to handle the winning side of things. They deal with the losses. They know how they don't lose very much. I know Belichick has struggled a little bit. I think it's taken Mike McCarthy four years to realize how tough this job really, really is. Hmm. You know? He didn't have a lot of media coverage in Green Bay. He didn't have Sean Payton told me this one time. He says, Brian, you coach this football team, they know your name in China. Hmm. You know? That's, where, the, that's, that's yeah. where we are right now. And I think that it, you, it takes a special person to coach this football team. We put one in the ring of honor the other day. <clears throat> special people. That, and, they, and they have yet to find that special person. Bill Parcells, I wish Bill Parcells was a lot younger version of Bill mm-hmm. Parcells when we got him here. Because I think he could have done some really good things you know, with the way his attitude and in the way the team building and things like that, I think that could have been a big difference. This is a huge job, and if you don't understand that, you're going to get crushed. And you know, he Mike McCarthy is probably looking at himself going, "I've won 36 games in three years, and I'm fighting for a contract extension." Mm-hmm. That's not the attitude you need to take. You need to figure out why you are not having success in the playoffs and why you're not having championship success that's what you need to be measured by not not wondering why this is a this job is why am i not getting this Or why am i not getting that that's your mental fortitude question yep. right there don't fo- you know you're the one that told us that you were going to run the football you didn't run the football and now you're wondering why we're questioning that come on sir really that's not that's not this is a big job there's a lot of people around this world that put everything into this football team. They're just asking for you to deliver. That's what they're asking.
5: Well, all right. Bear with me in this explanation of mine. But I think it doesn't affect on game day. Like, when you go out there, you you block everything out. You know, I've, I've never played football or anything like that. But what I can compare it to is, for example, when I was doing modeling and being on a runway – Minute, like right before stepping on stage, I'm a wreck. But as soon as you step your foot on that stage, you just blank, blank out. You f- you black out all the noise. You, you you're just okay.
2: Can I stop you for a second? I want to ask you a question. Have you ever fallen when you were on the runway? I knew this was he was going with it. no okay stumbled no let me let me let me because here's where i'm going with that let's assume let's assume that you got out there one time and you'd blocked out all the noise and you're going down that runway and you're having a great walk down this runway and all of a sudden you tumble and you tumble bad you've tumbled off the stage the next time you go on that stage you think you're gonna be able to
5: block everything out at that point I mean, obviously, that's not easy. I'm trying to think of uh, that hasn't happened to me. Or, uh, but I'll say this: I think it matters a lot the people surrounding you. Yes, you're gonna have a bunch of people like in the audience, but the people you're around with, auto, other models, I say players around you. How's that support system? If they make me feel comfortable and like, hey, you got this, whatever, I'm good. And you kind of okay, whatever. You'll probably come. Think about it at night, but in the moment, you just keep going. You just go in this game mode. But aside from that, I think game day, it's a totally different animal. I think you're more just in it, and this is your element, and this is what you got to do. To me, it lies more on the preparation leading up to the game. We know how many people deal with anxiety. We know how many people just mentally That's tough. And I think that's where it plays an element. I wonder, and I don't know how they manage all of this. And remember heading into the game right before the game started, I talked to you, Derek, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, how do these players do it Mm -hmm. heading into there? Like, I'm nervous. And I'm just here as as an expectator watching, Mm -hmm. and I'm nervous. So I think what does that preparation throughout the week looks like? Because that's very hard to handle. And again, I don't promote drugs. I don't promote anything like that. But, you know, essential oils, relaxation, music, meditation. There are different ways. Natural source. Natural, yeah. What kind of natural, though? (laughs) Here's
3: here's what i see. But
5: I just think that to me, in that game, what I saw the Cowboys do, it just felt like there was no preparation throughout the week leading up to the game. Because if there was... And this is just me speculating or f- trying to find the reason. Because if, they wa- if there was, you just kind of go into game. Like you just go- get into the- that switch just clicks and you just do what you're supposed to do. But
2: I, un- I understand that. But I-, I guess where I'm going is I do think that if you've continuously stumbled and not only that, you can have whoever you want around you from the player standpoint. But you also are getting heckled when you go out. Your kids might be getting heckled like over time there there are the wounds that happen from the stumbles that now i think you can get into a game and again unless you are just one of those people who is just extremely focused and knows how to knows how to overcome that kind of stuff in a way i look at lamar jackson's on the screen right mm-hmm. there he's a guy that's been through a lot of people talking oh, yeah. and it seems like he's kind of just resolute in his mind at this point i don't care i'm about to make this work. like you got to have that kind of focus mentality and skill in order to overcome it. And I do wonder if, because of all the stumbles that have happened over all these years, I do wonder if at some point, and again... But also, the, not the whole, the, the carries very, that
5: same weight. You have so many new true. players, new coaches... In positions. But, but, no, in but, positions. But, so every, but they are also a part of
2: the same thing you were talking about earlier, even though they are, they're not responsible for what happened five years ago, ten years ago, whatever... They still get those messages from people that are like, man, y'all are laughing, stock. y'all are the laughing stock, like y'all are the joke. So it, it still now weighs on them, even though they didn't have anything to do with what happened in 2007. They didn't have anything to do with what happened in 2014. Yeah. The fact is, they're still having to deal with that because people are still looking at them and saying things to them. And, and and basically deriding them for what happened back then, and now they've become a part of the narrative because of what happened to them against the Packers. All my point is, is I do wonder, and I'm not saying it is or isn't, it makes me wonder if the pressure and the weight of all of this has gotten so large and so great that it will be very difficult for for it, to find a group of men who are capable of overcoming that. I think—
3: it, the pressure is real. The weight of the star is real. Um, and it, it goes to the level of success and the, that the organization has reached versus the level of struggle that they've had since that success, because you have this drought and this, these spectacular losses and things like that. But using Ambar's analogy, for example, let's say you got a runway model. All right. So let's say Heidi Klum. Right. Heidi Klum is one who set the bar. Right. For runway modeling. Let's say you have three or four up-and-coming models after Heidi Klum. They want to get the Heidi Klum status, but they're always going to be measured by what Heidi Klum was able to do. Let's say three of those four up-and-coming models post-Heidi Klum all fell on stage. You haven't yet because you haven't gone out there yet, right? But now it's your turn to go out there, I guarantee you. The first thing you're thinking about is don't stumble like the previous one stumbled. Also, whilst <laughs> keeping in mind that you have to meet the bar that Heidi Klum set. So to Derek's point, this is what he's saying. Mentally, this is everything you're up against. It's not your fault that the previous uh, models stumbled out there. But now that you're about to go out there, the audience is probably waiting for you to stumble because the moment you stumble, now they get to jump on top of that as well and say, see, this is why they'll never be Heidi Klum. But also, you have to look at what Heidi was able to achieve and wonder to yourself, am I good enough to do that? And see, now you have, you know, your self, negative self-talk and things like that. So I understand 100% what Derek is saying. I feel like the solution is simply making sure you have the right people in the building. And it's, like, it's also right, easier yeah. said than done when you're talking about the Cowboys. The Cleveland Browns don't have this same issue. The Jaguars don't. The Titans don't. Uh, the Falcons certainly don't. Falcons go out and they could have four more losing seasons and yeah, we'll be t- you know, NFL fans will be talking about them. But if the Cowboys have one losing Losing season, it's talked about infinitely more than a team that hasn't really won much yeah. having ten consecutive losing seasons. The standard becomes the standard, and the next person has to be the the, the you know the the burden bearer for yeah. the standard that was
4: laid before them. If you're on that runway, you ain't worried about stumbling. That's my opinion. You're there for a reason. You, you shouldn't know? be worried about you stumbling. You ain't worried about stumbling. I, I if hear you're, you. If you're in that, if you're you in that mode, be you shouldn't be it. worried about stumbling. Right. You're right. You shouldn't be. You were put in that position for a reason, you know, whether it's your talent, your looks, whatever it is. But you're not worried about that. You're just worried about walking down there, turning around and coming back and changing your outfit and doing it again and again and again and again. And again. That's where this team lacks sometimes. They can't do that. They can't get on that stage and walk straight and not stumble. Right, you know. Right, even it, though they should be there. Right, and that's, and that's the, point. the problem. And that's the point. Self-belief. Like you're, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't. Like Self-belief. that's the point you of being a professional.
2: Have you heard
5: of brainwashing? Yeah. What? I'm just saying. I've watched a lot of crime documentaries, and <laughs> brainwashing is a real thing. It's a, it's a real thing that narcissists or whatever yeah, do yeah. to other people to manipulate. I'm just saying. I'm not. I don't condone brainwashing.
2: Well, there's a lot of that there's going on in this show There's today. a lot of you
4: but not saying, There's a lot going on If on this you show
5: work today. on that mental
4: thing <laughs> with everybody. You, is there anything you condone? <laughs> right. Yeah, you, what do we're, you condone. we're against everything. Peace I'm love. not sure <laughs> what we actually do
2: condone. All right, let's take our final break. Come back. Brian's got a question for yeah. the table. We'll jump into that when we come back. Cowboys.com radio. <laughs>
4: to the break get the right kind of gear to reach your 2024 resolutions visit pro shop near you or log on to shop.dallascowboys.com a fanatics experience and score premium jerseys tees and more
2: Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, Chris, we're probably going to run a little long because we we're already at about three and a half minutes left in the show, and we got so much more we got to talk about.
4: So, Brian, <laughs> it's your show. What you got? Okay, I got a question last night. Bobby and I were doing the Love of the Star podcast yep. uh, uh, that we do uh, every week, and uh, we had a question last night from a gentleman gentleman named Matt uh, Holleran. I want to give him credit for this question. And Matt asked this question. He said, of the following hypothetical duos, oh, God. Which do you pick to bring back in free agency? So I'm going to give you a pair of players, and you have to determine which one of the pair of players you would like to bring back in free agency. So we can only bring back one pair? One pair. That's it. Let's get it. First pair is Tyron Smith and Dorrance Armstrong. Second pair is Jordan Lewis and Tyler Biotish. Third pair is Gilmore and Fowler. Fourth pair is Pollard and Hankins. What was the last one? Pollard and Hankins. So there's you have to. It's a hypothetical duo. And which one would you bring back in free agency? Smith, Armstrong, Lewis, Biotish, Gilmore, Fowler, Pollard, Hankins. That's easy. You can only you can only bring one back. That's easy for me. Gilmore Fowler.
2: Hmm.
4: I think you get your best
2: combo there. I I I am of the belief that. Um, I agree with you Brian on Fowler. I think he was vastly underused. Sure. I think he's a great third pass rusher. So I want him back and Gilmore. I think with cornerbacks, you never have too many as we saw this year. So keep, give me that back. I don't think I think Gilmore was a good player for them all season. I don't want to have to to necessarily go into this season with if you don't have Lewis too, you know, only two cornerbacks that are proven on the squad. So I'll go with Gilmore Fowler. It's easy for me.
3: Yeah. Well, you were Breaking yours down, I was circling through them in my head, and I could see the Tyron duo and, mm-hmm. and Dorrance because Dorrance has way more value than Cowboys fans give, give him credit for.
2: At what point are you going to be willing to tear that band-Aid off? Uh, Dorrance? No, Tyron.:
4: If they told me that they were going to move the le- the left guard the left tackle, I would be yeah. a lot I would think about it matter of fact right.
3: but they're not: so. they're not so what if,
4: they, what if they go first round and take a left tackle? Uh, that's a great possibility of doing that. The potential of that would be—I think—that would be the best way to probably go right now. But there's there's several linebackers that you could probably grab there too that would probably help. I mean, but if you keep your open mind about it. Uh, to me, I, I kind of feel like... An, I'll let everybody else go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... Yeah. I, I'm,
3: going to I'm going to go with Gilmore Fowler as well. Um, you didn't get to see the um, the Gilmore-Diggs duo, and now that Deron Bland has truly, truly broken out, I want to see Bland, Gilmore, uh, and Diggs, mm-hmm. and obviously I would love to retain Jordan Lewis as well as that rotational guy who can be an impact guy as well. Uh, Fowler, what I was thinking of, I was trying to figure out if I was ready or not to fully, not, not incrementally, but fully unleash Sam Williams. I need to see his penalties decrease first before I can fully give him the keys to that particular role. Um, so, for that, give me Dante Fowler. Continue to impress. So, yeah, no spanking. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't condone penalties. <laughs> I do not condone penalties. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Gilmore. Um, Gilmore-Fowler combo.
5: For some reason, I'm leaning towards Jordan and Tyler. Yeah. Hmm. And Gilmore, I think he's still very, very talented. So is Fowler, but I don't know. I don't know why, but something about me just feels like, you know, they're getting up there. In a like age. Uh sorry. Nothing against older people. I'm old. But
3: You don't condone aging. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but ages. For some reason I'm leaning I'm just more drawn to Tyler Biotish and Jordan. I think that Tyler has, he's he's been criticized quite a lot, but I think he was affected by the injury earlier this season. I thought he was going to have a really, really, really great season. The way he was playing at training camp and his aggressiveness, his toughness was, he just, he took a huge step.
3: Ask Sam about that.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Sam. Yes. <laughs> ask him about um, but I, I do think he's still a very valuable player for the offense. And then Jordan, he's one of those guys that is easily forgotten. He tends He's gotten quite a few injuries throughout his career. But when he is healthy and on the field, I think he's one of those guys that is still pretty solid for your defense at a position that you do need.
4: So the Pollard, the Pollard Hankins one does nothing for anybody. I like Hankins. I'd the like Hank, to have Hankins, the Hankins back. Does, I don't. Um, I'm
3: good
2: with with moving
4: on. The running,
3: the running game was too. It was too par for me. And that's not to say I, I wouldn't like to have Pollard back, but the Pollard I would like to have back is the 2022 version, and I don't know that you get that if you don't have a bruiser like Zeke tied to it.
2: I honestly wonder, like, I, I would love the idea of bringing in a younger back that is more my starter and having Pollard as my second back. Sure. Now, if I did that, though, is Pollard willing to take second back money? That's yeah. the part that's a little bit hard. Yeah. When you've been the guy, it's hard sometimes to get you to go back to being the second guy. Uh But that would be the scenario where I'd want to have Pollard back is if he was in a rotation and I had another guy that I was kind of grooming to be the main. I 100% want Hankins back. Like, I do too, that's yeah. what makes
3: that yeah. challenging. I 100% want Hankins back. And too. that's
2: also kind of how I feel about Lewis and, yeah. and Biotis. Right. I, I want, want Lewis Louis back. back. Right. Biotis, I think you could probably upgrade your center position. Sure. I actually want to see if Bass
4: can play it sure. personally. But go ahead. Sure. The one I picked was I picked Smith and Armstrong as the one I picked mm. just because I think you figured out what to do with Tyron Smith? I still think he's playing at a high level. Sure, you're probably going to miss him for a couple of games, but I know when he wasn't in there, that offense was a little bit different, too. You know, and the fact that they're not—I don't believe they're going to move Tyler Smith. So if they're going to keep Tyler Smith, left I'm going to—you know—I think you can address the left tackle position in the draft. There's clearly some first-round tackles that are really, really good. Some guys like they're going to fall into the second round, but I think you've kind of figured things out for tyron smith mm. just don't practice him play him and he plays at a really really high level and the fact that armstrong i'd love to have if I, i'd love to flip fowler and armstrong there but i think you're right about armstrong i don't think people give him I don't nearly think enough they do. C- i agree g- give him enough credit let me ask you this Do are you are
2: you at all concerned that because uh, i know what you're saying about tyron uh and i i agree he's played he played really well this year yeah. when he was out there are you at all concerned though that the injury crops up at a time when you can least afford it. Let's say you're heading into a playoff game and yeah. now you get to a Friday his back starts acting up. Oh no, and he can't that's play. that's
4: the that's the danger. That's the the tightrope that you walk between, yeah. you know, between the uh there. And so I to me I yeah, I understand that, but I don't know, man. I'm thinking about what do I need or what I'm just going to have to look at my draft board and determine are my tackles better than say other defensive positions that mm-hmm. you might look at there linebacker i think the, main, i yeah. think the the main offensive position that you would look at would be offensive i think the main position you would look at is center to be honest with you yeah you know and that's why that kind of the lewis i love what jordan lewis has done but i think i could put bland back there at back at nickel mm-hmm. and kind of work around you know another corner to put in uh, you know for my for my nickel packages to kind of take care of that i do feel like you have to upgrade the center I do. There's times where he played well. The communication was good, but I just think you need one of the reasons why you did not run the ball very well, three of them in my mind, the center, the right tackle coming back from injury, and and your tight end who you drafted in the second round did not give you the point yeah. of attack blocking that you thought you were going Which to get is from him. ironic because that was the part you thought coming in he was
2: immediately going that to be was able to do be, because yeah. what he yeah. what he did yeah. at Michigan yeah. and uh, and really didn't see the benefit of that initially yeah. as, as we would have expected. But to uh, me it's like
5: uh, it's hard it's hard enough finding linemen um, but also to me I just see tackle as a higher position of need right now personally um, and Tyron Smith love him but I can't I can't handle the stress. I, I can't
3: I think I think you can <laughs> it's get stressful. you can get one more year out of him. But like Brian said, you're gonna miss them for a couple games. The the question is what games will those be?
2: Right, are yeah. we talking about, you know, week two? If you could or guarantee me it's going to be a um, regular season game and not a postseason game, then I'm all in. Or, or I'm even just a worried week 18, a, 18 yeah, contest I'm just that determines post-season. your yeah, right. That's exactly right. All right, real quick before we end the show, let's go ahead and get some predictions on the NFL championship weekend. You got Kansas City at Baltimore, Detroit at San Francisco. Ooh. Let's start first with the AFC. Who's going to win, Kansas City or Baltimore?
3: Oh, man, this is going to be so much fun to watch. Um, yeah hate to go against Mahomes. Um he's just too much. But 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 Lamar is on one. He is. He is and they're home. So if this game was in Kansas City I'd go with the Chiefs, but it's Lamar and they're
4: on one and they're in Baltimore, I'm going with the Ravens. Give me Baltimore. And uh give me Baltimore and give me Detroit, my two. All right.
5: Um I don't want to be this person, but I am The more we move ahead, the more I'm starting to believe this conspiracy theory of the logo and the colors in the Super Bowl logo. So give me the Ravens.
2: All right. And I think it's going to be KC. Until somebody shows me they can beat that quarterback, then I'm going to go with that quarterback. Their receiver is going to drop something. I I hear you. But until they show me that somebody can beat that quarterback, I'm going to say I'm going to go with that quarterback. Now, Brian, you already said Detroit. Yeah, Detroit. Uh, I also agree with you. I think Detroit gets the upset this week, especially if Debo doesn't play, which right
4: now we don't know whether Debo is going to be able to play. If he's out, I think I think Detroit goes up there and gets it. History game. will tell you one road team will win this thing. It yeah. might be Kansas City, but you guys yeah. talking about it might be. I'm taking
3: Lions. I think the Packers could have defeated the 49ers uh, yeah. uh, at Levi Stadium, and it took that one terrible decision by Joy and Love to guarantee the 49ers are even playing this weekend. Yeah. And the Lions are they're on one as well. They're playing well on defense. They're playing well on offense. I, t- I think the Lions get it done.
4: Tough team to beat a tough team. <laughs> yep.
5: I do like the Lions better, but – Sticking to the theory, red and purple, so 49ers.
3: You're all in, 49ers. No, we're, we're not letting the Baltimore. 49ers can't get their sixth first, like, no. No, let's just put that out there.
5: Hey, no. I don't I – don't, I didn't – Their drought is the longer. Logo. Their you drought is the longer. Than, I didn't make the rules. I didn't their didn't drought make the, is uh, longer I than ours. Let's keep it that way. I didn't All make right. the script, no. <laughs> we
2: appreciate you guys joining We'll be back next week. And uh, we're talking quarterback next week. I think we're – unless there's some news, obviously, that comes up. But un- unless that happens, we're definitely going to talk quarterback next week and uh, talk about Dak Prescott, talk about the entire uh, quarterback situation and what it looks like for the Cowboys and what we think will happen going into this offseason and into next season.
4: Check it. Yeah, check out the draft show tomorrow.
2: Yep, absolutely. One draft minute. show tomorrow. In case you haven't looked at the site, go check out. We got all yep. the shows every. We got two to three shows every day, so you still have plenty of content yep. to be able to check out. Uh, Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!